Welcome to And Justice for All, the official podcast of Roosevelt University, exploring the relationship between education and justice and the transformative power of inclusive education. Hosted by Roosevelt University President Ali Maletzadeh. Welcome to the And Justice for All podcast. I'm very lucky to be here today with a group of students taking a course with me called The American Dream Reconsidered. They're very talented, very smart, and I think you're going to enjoy their conversation about the American Dream. So without further ado, let's begin. Hello, I'm here today with a very special group of students. They're all part of the American Dream Reconsidered course going on this semester. It's an honors class. We're spending the semester thinking about the American Dream, doing a lot of things related to the conference. In fact, if you have followed the social media campaign going on at all, you have probably seen the work of some of these students. So today we're going to have a conversation with them about some different aspects of the American dream and hear their thoughts about the American dream of the past and hopefully the American dream of the future. So my first question for the students is, in your own family life, does your family have any connection in some ways to the American dream or perhaps even came to this country because of some vision of the American dream? What's your kind of family experience with that? Hi, my name is Sarai. I would say I do have a portion of the American dream, actually a big portion. None of my family, like, immigrated here, but I'm adopted. So I didn't grow up with my biological siblings, and I'm a family of 10. And out of the biological aspect, I'm really the only one that went to college So I feel like I am living that dream. And then I have cerebral palsy, so they don't want cripples. Like, not cripples, but they don't want people with a disability in college. So I just feel like I'm living the American dream. And then also with my cerebral palsy and just being with a blended family, I feel like I'm living the American dream because a lot of my siblings are older. So, and I'm the baby, I'm 22. So, I feel like I'm doing a lot of things that they should be doing, but they're not doing at the moment because they occur different, their life is different. And then, since I am adopted, like, they weren't raised like me. So out of my biological family, I was fortunate enough to live their American dream. So I'm curious when all of you first became aware in whatever fashion of some version of the American dream, some idea of this concept of economic and social mobility as a part of kind of reigning idea of American life to some extent. Uh, my name is Aiden. To be honest, I don't remember a time in my life where I ever was not aware of the American dream. 
I feel like my elementary school education all through the end of high school was very emphatic on being patriotic, which, I mean, is debatable. But I don't know if I've ever not known about the American dream. Hi, my name is Christian. And to be completely honest, I haven't really thought about the American dream until this class. It's very insightful to learn about everyone's opinions on the American dream. We had to write a paper about it, and it gave me the opportunity to ask others in my surroundings what their version of the American dream is, and it's kind of helping me formulate what the American dream means to me. So, yeah. My name is Ruth. I'm English, so the American dream isn't really... uh part of my day-to-day life. Um, I think I first came across it, I was probably like 16 or 17, um, was applying to university, and I needed to make it sound like I'd read The Great Gatsby for my <laughs> application. <laughs> so I went on Sparknotes and read about like the hollowness of the American dream um, and kind of copied that and wrote that in my university application to make me sound smart. So yeah, I feel like the Sparknotes like, negative interpretation of... The American Dream via The Great, Ga- the Great Gatsby has um, gotten me here today. Hi, I'm Salma, and I think I've always been aware of the American Dream, especially as um, a first-generation immigrant. I came to the U.S. when I was six years old, so I think just from then I've been told, I've always been told that I am living the American Dream or the best version of it or the fact that I was, like, able to get out, and I never really agreed with that because I didn't as a child I didn't consider myself like lucky to be living in America I was sad that I was like leaving my home but yeah I think just ever since I was a child I've always been hyper aware of it and hyper aware of like my position as an immigrant in, in relation to the American dream and yeah well Ruth's remark about the hollowness we talk about in the great Gatsby I think brings us to another question and part of a reconsidering the American dream We've talked a little bit, and you've written about shortcomings in it, problems with it, hidden aspects that perhaps are not so dreamlike. So I was wondering if you have any thoughts or critiques of the American dream, some of the issues that we've discussed in terms of where it falls short of what it could be. Hi, my name is Kay. I think that the American dream can be easily interchanged with the word access, It is all about access and the lack thereof. We can all say that we have access to resources, to opportunities, to places, to people, to things, to education. But at the end of the day, we can say that. But it is far from the truth for more people than it is the truth. And to the point that I think in order to reconsider it at all, you'd have to dismantle it first and get rid of this idea that access is a privilege instead of just access being access. So the rest of you are 100% in support of the current version of the American dream. Don't worry, Amanda, we'll probably cut that out. (laughs) You can channel some of the thoughts you had in your essays. You had excellent critiques. Hi, my name is Kalia. And I think a part of the American dream, as, long, as to go off of what Kay was saying about access, it's also about costs and product. 
a lot of the American dream hinges on the values of capitalism. And the values of capitalism are inherently somebody has to lose in the game of business. And in somebody losing in the game of business, it is often the people at the margins who are the losers. And so to reconsider the American dream is to reconsider a game of business where people don't lose and everybody can have access. But unless you can dismantle those understandings of power and cost and product and expenses and just repercussions in general of your actions, then it would be hard to reconsider the American dream. Let me rework my last question a little bit. So part of the idea of the American dream, for a long time, of course, the idea that America is this land of opportunity where hard work meant that anyone could get ahead, could live the American dream, right? Go back to Kay's idea of access, the problem of access. So my question for you then is, do you feel like the American dream still applies to you? Yes, if I work hard, I can get ahead. It's still a land of opportunity. Or do you not really feel like that right now? And if not, why is that the case? Where is our society falling short in a way that that opportunity does not seem accessible or as accessible as we would like? Hi, it's Ryan, and I know in my paper that I kind of sort of wrote like I feel like I fit in the middle of the American dream of something of that sort because I feel like me being the Libra, I'm a people pleaser, so I feel like, yeah, I'm going to school for business, and yeah, I've done some excellent things to work towards in my life, but just because this is how other people see it, it's not the same way that I want to be treated. Like I, I want to be treated fairly, and sometimes that's not always seen. And then I feel like um, the world is not accessible for disabilities at all, so that means I have to work twice as hard to make my life as, as normal human society, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like Sarai said, the issue that the American dream has of like work hard and you can get ahead no matter who you are, is it just totally forgets or purposely ignores um, big like systemic issues like ableism, racism, homophobia, sexism, transphobia. And it kind of it kind of only seems to work if you're like a cis straight white man. This is Lydia Um, going off kind of what they said. It's not even possible to survive today as it was before because inflation, obviously, where we can't afford a house, we can't afford two cars and the four family. If the materialistic way is how you're defining the American dream, it's not achievable because it's not affordable. I also think that it was like stating that the American dream is like hard work equates to success like definitely implies that anybody who's poor is not working hard or is like unworthy of being successful and like you can't tell me that a part-time like fast food job isn't hard and so like if people are working three of these jobs trying to like make ends meet and they're not successful or wealthy just like the American dream says I can't imagine how they wouldn't be working hard 
Hi, my name is Leah. Personally, I am a full-time student. I am also a full-time 40-plus hours at um, a place of business. Um, And (laughs) personally, I can say I make absolutely no money. I cannot afford to live in Chicago. I cannot afford to live completely independent from my parents on my own or anything. And... Yeah, the American dream is not affordable. It is not courteous to those who are trying to pursue higher education. And they expect us to pursue higher education, but then say, pay for it yourself. And, oh, but Joe Biden will give us some money. Oh, but that's so lazy. I had to pay for college, though. So, like, why should you get it for free? I don't know. Basically, uh, I'm broke. And I feel like America is broke, and I feel like we are ignoring the deep-rooted issues that, like, minimum wage, you know? People don't make enough money to live the minimum amount. I mean, minimum wage should mean minimum amount of things, I guess, like housing and food and shelter. You know, like, you should get all those things with the minimum amount, but you can't, so that sucks. Hi, it's Kalia again. Not to let my Libra moon show, but I'm going to be a little petty. The American dream did not think a darn thing about me, about my people. You don't know this if you're listening to this, but I'm black. (laughs) Um, And so that matters because in a lot of our historical documents, even some of them that we've read for this class and also the... uh, Hamilton's America class as well just continuously failed to recognize that slavery was the economy that America was built off of and exploitation is what America was built off of and so in the American dream I currently am functioning just as I'm supposed to so I can't think that much about it because she don't think that much about me See you later on the flip side, sis. I hope you and the family doing better. Say hi to Lady Liberty and all. Um, (laughs) But seriously, I think it's hard to ask people to buy into something of which they weren't made for. It's hard to ask people to sit down at a dinner when you provided them no seats. Uh, This is Nathan. I think we keep using the terminology of like uh, working hard and getting ahead. And I think that's really important because... The American dream has always been about getting ahead of someone else, and we're kind of running out of people to colonize and and enslave and stuff. And so at this point, it's like a self-cannibalistic dream. And so with the cost of living and like the things that I want to do with my life, um, I don't see myself on the positive end of the American dream. And even if I was to make that the case, I think it would be a pretty dramatic form of self-harm to do so yeah it's Kay again and just as everyone is talking I keep thinking about one of the people that I talked to about this class and just the thing that came up over and over and over again was the American dream isn't a thing the American nightmare is hi this is Salma I think a big problem about the American dream is the fact that it revolves around going to college. And going to college now is much, much different than it was just like a few decades ago when it was like all of like $5 to go to college. And now it's literally like an arm and a leg to go to college. And it's the fact that like things like trade school are just taking 
alternate routes are looked down upon. Even just going to like community college isn't like seen as part of the American dream. It's more like you have to go to a four-year university. You have to like I don't know, stay on or like live in the dorms and like stuff like that. I think there's just like a very like specific version of the American dream that keeps changing like every decade. I feel like maybe in like the 50s and 60s is when it started being more about like living a suburban kind of life, you know, being like a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, bringing home like three figures, stuff like that, and less about like people pursuing like their interests. Hi, my name is Olivia. And again, to bounce off of the like hard work can get you anywhere thing, I'm pretty cynical, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we like have immigrants coming in and we have a system set up to where they cannot succeed compared to white people who are born in America, but tell them that hard work will get you anywhere. So then it's kind of exploitative that these people will have the motivation to like keep working because they were promised this thing and then it turns out not to be real. So I feel like as you grow up in America, you realize that like most adults don't believe in the American dream and it's more kind of like a setup for other countries to think that we're like the perfect country. This is all again to go off the immigration aspect of it. I think when the American dream first kind of like became a thing, it was focused a lot on um, like immigrants coming in and making a new life for themselves. And immigration law has changed so, so, so much over the past 100 years. Like it's to the point now where it's like, like personally, I've been living in the U.S. for like over a decade and I could still have my citizenship taken away from me at any point. If I like don't pay like $300 every five years, then it's revoked basically and I'm lucky enough that I can you know do that but there are so many people that cannot like afford to do that and just the fact that it takes like five years to become a citizen and in those five years you don't get the same rights as you know American citizens is just another reason why the American dream is so much harder to accomplish now. Thank you for those very insightful and thoughtful critiques Let's turn to the positive side now. Let your imaginations run wild. If you could re-envision the American dream, maybe it's not even named the American dream now, we have to rename it into something else entirely new. How would you re-envision it to try to address some or even all these problems? What are the key aspects we need to fix to try to make uh, the American dream more of a lived reality for all the people of the country? I think the problem with trying to like reimagine the American dream is it's trying to like envision an end goal that everybody would want to reach and I don't know if that exists but I also think that maybe that can be a facet of the American dream reconsidered is that like maybe everyone's just cool to do what they want to do so there's something like that you know This is Salma again to go off what Aiden said, but the American dream is called a dream for a reason. It's not real, and it's not, like, something that anyone can accomplish. So I would think that maybe, like, renaming the American dream to something like like the American promise or something like that, where it's not 
promised that everyone will, I don't know, like, you know, live the life that they want to have, but it is promised that everyone has the opportunity, opportunities to do that and the resources to do that. I think that's much more realistic. And, I mean, we are getting closer to that point, but we're still um, not there yet. Hello, this is Clea. Really glad that Salma said the word promise because you read my freaking mind. We literally said it at the same time. I was like, yes, I'm on the right track. But I think a lot of the American dream or what's at the core of the American dream is that fundamental conversation about the social contract that states have with its citizens or governments have with its citizens. What protections or resources or necessities are these governments going to provide in exchange for the citizens' loyalty, their service, and even their funding, in a way? And so in this constant exchange and negotiation of the civil contract or the social contract that we have in our state, I think we're now seeing yet another iteration of that same conversation of what do we want from our state, what, do, what are we demanding from our state, what do we think the state needs to provide, what do we think that we need. And really, the end goal should be incorporating everybody in that conversation. I think we often run around in circles trying to figure out how do we do the conversation, how do we do the conversation, and to just have the conversation with the people that you're around because that's having the conversation. I think based on kind of what the past two people have said, with, like, resources and whatnot like that, it would be great to, like, make laws and everything like that and expect people to follow them. But if you want someone... Because we have, like, civil rights acts and whatnot, but, like, people are still racist. And so I think in order to, like, really make this idea of the American dream work, you have to, like, educate people that almost like on their privilege like they need to understand why other people might be getting what they see as advantages because once I saw like a little newspaper strip and it showed like a fence and then the man was tall enough to see over the fence and the woman had to like stand on a stool to see over the fence and so like the stool is like the rights the extra rights that she's given but it's to make it equal rather than like make someone else higher so I think people need to understand that concept to accept it and yeah uh, this is Salma I think the concept she's talking about is the equity versus equality one I think so and I think that's a really really important factor when talking about the American dream because we can already accept the fact that the system now has just been so like affected by things like slavery and like things like that, that there's not like equality is just not going to be enough at this point. Like certain individuals need the extra like help. Hi, it's Christian. You know, I think it's hard to speak about the American dream positively just because it doesn't work for everybody. It reminds me of the quote from Animal Farm that I think goes like all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And that always resonated with me just because some people are more equal than others. And it's hard to talk about the American dream in a positive light. I'm just repeating myself just because it doesn't work for everybody. 
I also, just to change subjects for a little bit, I interviewed some younger people about the American dream, and although they had a negative connotation about it, they were more positive just wanting to remove the word American from the American dream, because we all have dreams, and I think sometimes we forget to be appreciative for what we have, just because the American dream is kind of not reachable sometimes. So I think we need to remind ourselves that what we have, uh, we should be appreciative for, even though it doesn't match the original or the common definition of the American dream. I'm going to try and build on that and say that the American dream right now, the most charitable reading that you can give it is that it's the idea that America is uniquely capable of providing, like, economic and social mobility but like Christian was saying that mobility is always to this like hegemonic ideal that we use to separate ourselves from the rest of the world especially the Soviets I think that if we go with the most charitable reading which I would rather not do I would rather just ditch the idea entirely the adjustment would be to to get rid of that hegemonic ideal and 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 have like you said, just like the things that we actually want, whether like for me, it would be to, to create art with my friends to others. It would be to have a fancy house. I don't know. Well, thank you all, not just for being on today's podcast, but as I told you at the start of the semester, this is a very unusual class for me. It's sort of an experiment. I've never taught a class like this. And I have to say it has been such a pleasure working with you, your passion, your engagement, your creativity, your insight. It has been really inspiring for me. So thank you very much for today, and thank you for being in the class this semester. And Justice for All is produced by Roosevelt University and is available at roosevelt.edu or anywhere you get your podcasts. The music for And Justice for All is written and produced by Jesse Case. Thanks for listening.